This is the podcast for May 18th, 2012. It's not safe for work. Recorded live from just outside the Trilateral Commission's totally not gay wedding pavilion at the NATO summit, it's the professional left with Drift Glass and Blue Gal. And Drift Glass, I wish I could do a sound effect of a helicopter going so that you can... could give the traffic report here. We both have a cough, so I'll just do that. You know, live from the professional left traffic copter. Lakeshore Drive is shut. Actually, Lakeshore Drive is shut down uh, over the weekend between 34th and Balboa, and some asshole is still heaving rocks off the Stevenson Expressway overpass at Pulaski. Drive safely. There you go. And, and that's true because having I was in Chicago uh, last couple of days, prospecting for work, and we'll see how that goes. Um, and I drove right through the area they talked about, and yeah, there's rocks all over the place. There, there are fist-sized rocks on both sides of the road where some jerk was. Lobbing, oh my gosh! Rocks into traffic on a highway, and nobody was killed, but a lot of people got a cracked windshield and scared the crap out of people. So, and it wasn't John Boehner. No, it wasn't the Republicans. They only do that symbolically, but they do it much more effectively. They they actually aim at their targets. They really, really know what to do. And uh, anyway, it was a little bit of a. I'm a little wiped out. I had a a long drive last couple of days, and uh, and hopefully, keep your fingers crossed. Somebody out there might realize how fabulous I am. There you go. And give you a paying job. That would be awesome. But I had to beat Cheeks get back here so we can do this awesome podcast. That's it. Now. You ha- you you know, no sacrifice is too great. No. No it's not. <laughs> no. So we're we're talking a little bit about citizenship today. Yeah. And it turns out Michelle Bachman has started a trend with all this citizenship rescinding stuff cuz Yeah. She rescinded her Swiss Miss mm-hmm. citizenship. In, in Although, uproar. I prefer Swiss Smarmy Wife, so yes, that's just Swiss mine. Swiss Smarmy Wife is yeah, really good. Yeah. That's mine. So that's trademarked. I find I have to trademark everything these days. So <sighs> it's, it's deeply saddened. But Eduardo. The of- there's a guy named Eduardo. Uh-huh. Eduardo Saverin, who's the 30 something uh, Facebook billionaire, millionaire, yeah. whatever, who's. Uh, Abandoning his ten-year-old American citizenship and going back to Brazil or to Singapore, uh, I, it's not clear exactly where he's going. Mm-hmm. But uh, apparently, he says it's not for tax reasons, and no one believes him. Yeah, why would you? Uh, on the day that Facebook, as of this morning, goes <clears throat> to their IPO phase, we don't own any Facebook stock. That's our problem, Drift Club. I know. Uh, we could be citizens of the world like Eduardo. <laughs> <laughs> well, th- this is not the first time this has happened. Um, no. It's happening now because of taxes. But um, in, uh, we, there was a thing called the brain drain. Remember that from the yeah. 50s and 60s yeah. when lots of people, especially from Britain, with 98% or whatever their marginal tax rates were, fled to the U.S. Mm-hmm. But it was their concern was they're losing their best people. Yep. They're driving their best people out, and I think there's a you know a legitimate concern with us doing that. But the larger concern is this um, this division. I think mm-hmm. it would be fair to say between the one percent and their vision of themselves as not attached to any country. They they are not Americans. They're deeply attached to their property in America, to their economic holdings in America, but they don't really give a shit about America. Because they don't, they don't view the world as a collection of countries. They do that Ned Beatty thing from 
network. It's a college of corporations. Mm -hmm. And corporations run the world. And you can be a corporate citizen and be anywhere in the world and move your money around, move people around. And everything below you is just furniture to be moved around. Whereas you and I, Blue Gal, and pretty much everyone we know, views citizenship with that uh, perhaps the future will look back and say we had this quaint 18th, 19th, or 20th century notion of being a citizen of a country coming with certain duties, mm -hmm. obligations, and privileges. Mm -hmm. And it means something to be a citizen. It means something to be the, a member of a country. And it should cost something. It should require some effort. <clears throat> it should require some level of shared sacrifice. And the last 40 years have been an exercise in trying to pry loose the um, abstract concept of citizenship that Republicans like to kick around from the practical day-to-day -day obligations of citizenship, which they don't want to do. Yep, exactly. And it it fascinates me that citizenship, as you're a Native American, mm -hmm. occasionally means far less to you. Mm -hmm. I mean, one of the things we've done is taken the obligations of citizenship and compartmentalized them yes, between rich and poor, between... Mm -hmm military service people, and everybody else, mm -hmm. between rich and poor. I said that already, didn't I? Yes, you did, but it bears, re <laughs> it bears repeating. <clears throat> well, between us and them, between yeah, good yeah. Americans and, and white people, and that And that's the other thing. We, a couple of things I wanted to talk about today. One is this Facebook thing of renouncing citizenship and the idea that it's fungible. Mm -hmm. That you can just change because you have money, you can just change your citizenship. Sure. Well, and it know, didn't take any time. You know, there, there's, there's definitely an express line, as someone said, for, yeah. you know, Swedish fashion models and the super and wealthy to get American Rupert citizenship. Rupert, yeah, Rupert Murdoch and any Rupert Swedish Rupert. fashion model that wants to move here yeah. to get citizenship right away. Mm -hmm. Um, but you said. To me this morning was we listened to uh, a New Yorker, po the New Yorker po podcast on politics mm -hmm. we listened to this morning was on immigration. And you said to me during this uh, podcast, we don't have an immigration problem. We have a labor problem. I want yeah. you to talk about that a little Absolutely bit. Absolutely do. We are, we are, <clears throat> I mean this in the broadest sense of Americans generally. And if you are not a member of the categories in which I'm speaking, please exempt yourself. But as a country, we are cheap sons of bitches, mm -hmm. and we have a, an enormous sense of entitlement. Um, we are – We're entitled to $2 gas, Drift we <clears throat> We're entitled to $2 we're gas American. forever. Yeah, yeah. We're, entire, we're entitled to three lemons for a dollar. Mm -hmm. We're entitled to T-shirts for 75 cents. We're entitled to the houses we want when we want them and as we want them. And the problem we have generally as a country is – and this is where Mr. Brooks's column today is generally correct, except his column, as always, when he's deconstructing the problems of America, speaks very abstractly about leaders and people. No, there are actually groups of people that are more and less responsible for our situation than other groups of people. And it's a little embarrassing to him because his group is largely responsible for most of our problems. So he doesn't talk about Republicans or conservatives specifically. But generally... We want cheap everything, and we don't want to pay the price for everything. Cheap citizenship, cheap labor, cheap energy, cheap goods, cheap houses, cheap education, cheap government. We want everything to cost us nothing. Mm -hmm. And the problem is – Free podcasts. 
Yeah. There's a way <laughs> to do that. To get that in there. That. Yes. <laughs> Everything's free. Information wants to be free. Everything is free. And no one owns anything and everything wants to be free. Property is theft, blue gas, mm-hmm. you know. But here's the problem. Gas is a limited resource and it, the price of it goes up as the quantity goes down. Um, labor costs something. And this is where you can really see the class division. Because when we talk about contracts, for example, a real specific example, when it was the contracts that bankers had and Wall Street thieves had for their bonuses, after they destroyed the world economy, they still bitched about not getting their bonuses. Yeah, they have to have con- their bonuses, yeah. Because contracts are property, and property is inviolate. Contract is law. You have a, I have a contract with you. I don't care that I blew up the economy. I don't care that I cheated and lied. I don't care that I screwed the customer. I get my billion dollars and fuck you. And we were told by our government, well, there's really nothing we can do. You know, a contract is a contract is a contract, except, of course, when it comes to contracts with firemen and policemen and teachers and yeah. all those other people that whose labor we bought cheaply by promising them good retirement benefits. And now that that's all coming due, we don't want to pay for it. We want to bitch about those lazy teachers and we want to whine about teachers unions and we want to talk about greedy public employees. Fuck you. Government yeah. costs. Government all the things you enjoy in this country actually cost money and you don't want to fucking pay for them. Fine. But you already made that obligation. The you contract. already made that contract. Yes. So labor contracts are always <clears throat> the result of greedy unions mm-hmm. Fungible. working yeah. the system. Yeah. And, and, and the problem we have is we want cheap shit. So we don't want to pay anybody to get it for us or make it for us or build it for us or haul it for us. So we have an immigration problem. Yeah. yeah. We let lots and lots and lots of people in this country illegally. And keep them underground to work for nothing. And we do this. We as a nation do this. This is not some accident that, oops, one got in. There are 11 million people in this country who don't have papers. Why do you think they're here? Our our fine public education system? Our free health care? Fuck no. That's part of the reason you come to a country are the amenities of citizenship. But mostly it's jobs. And mostly it's all those jobs that we don't want to pay anyone a living wage to do. But we still want our crops and our T-shirts and our asses wiped when we get old. And no American's going to do those jobs. So we hire cheap labor to do it. We invade countries because we want cheap oil. We, we fire government workers. One of the most amazing statistics, uh, I heard, and actually it's lower than it appears to be, and I'll get to that in a minute if we have time, is the unemployment rate in this country would in fact be 7.1 or 7.2% right. if we hadn't laid off Teachers and firefighters and government employees. Yep. And I know lots of these people, and they ain't, they ain't find the work ever again. They're they're gone. Their jobs are gone. But we slashed and slashed and slashed and slashed our government by bodies, people, real people. The overhead costs, the the, the overwhelming cost in government when it comes to services are personnel costs. They're like eighty five, eighty seven percent. Well, and we can talk about how that happened because the mm-hmm. the drop in the tax base when everyone lost their job in the private sector, mm-hmm. you know. The money Boom. was gone. And and so we cut yeah. massive amounts of people from our government. Mm-hmm. And one thing I'm trying to figure out from the Bureau of Labor Statistics is I think that number is actually much higher. Mm-hmm. I think the number of people who are laid off as a result of government cutbacks is substantially higher than the published number because people who work in not-for-profit 
or non-governmental organizations yep, who or depend affiliate on, organizations. Right, grants or whatever to get exactly. their jobs. They, those They're out of work too. Yeah. And those don't count as government jobs, I right. don't think. Right. So right. the numbers are actually higher. But we want to slash all of those jobs away. And we want to pretend that we can still have the same services that we were enjoying when we, those people were in those Unless jobs. Unless you're a defense contractor in Virginia. In which case you're untouchable. Yeah. And, and, and what happens when those two things touch? The fact that we are running huge deficits. Thank you, Ronald Reagan. Thank you, George Bush. Thank you, illegal wars. And thank you, massive tax cuts. We're running huge deficits and we still want shit for free. Yeah. What happens when those two things touch on the right? You hear about welfare queen. Yeah. You hear about young bucks having them. You, you hear about all the language Ronald Reagan used, the racist language Ronald Reagan used to avoid the conversation. Because Republicans just really want to believe that government, that, that government is full of people who are cheating them. Mm-hmm. If we just squeezed them a little harder, if we just kicked them a little harder, if we just punched the poor a little bit harder, we'd shake loose enough nickels from those greedy bastards' pockets to make up the difference between the tax cuts we want and the government we want as well. And, all and why that, is waste, fraud, and abuse always in social programs and never in the military? There's because, no audit for the Pentagon ever. It can't be audited. Because freedom, blue gal. Because <laughs> See? Because freedom. freedom. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But that gets back to being a citizen. Exactly. At, 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 I just got Talk done. about the book you just listened to. About 70% of Drift. I just listened to Rachel Maddow's Drift. And there's many, many, many good things to recommend. it. But <clears throat> And it is a history of the unmooring of American military power. That's in this what she country. calls it, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But it's also history of politics, and it's also history of politicians starting with LBJ trying to trying to fight a war he didn't want to fight on the cheap. And so we're not going to call up the National Guard. Well, if you don't call up the National Guard, you don't start pulling people out of schools and airports and trucks and shoving them into a war that they don't support. And LBJ was the first president to try to fight a war on behalf of America without involving America. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And there's an enormous amount of – it's a very seductive thing to do that. And ever since then, executive power has gotten more and more focused and concentrated. So the presidents really do believe they should be able to go to war whenever they want to for whatever the reason they want to. And they shouldn't have to trouble the American people with these pesky little details. And But more interestingly, it was unmooring the – concept of citizenship and service from the concept of foreign policy. Yeah, yeah. That shouldn't have to sting to go to war. Even if you don't serve, even if you're not in the military, it shouldn't have to cost you anything. It shouldn't even bother you. It shouldn't even be on the front page of your paper. This this is just something that some specialized bureau of the government should, off in the corner should do. And presidents like this idea. Yeah. Because it, it makes, it, it frees them up to do whatever they want. And she walks through Grenada she walks through Iran-Contra. And what you also see is very much, especially on the right, starting with Ronald Reagan. It became okay to just fucking lie mm-hmm. about really important things. And you got away with it. Nixon was driven from office for lying. Yep. Ronald Reagan told more lies per capita than Nixon ever did. And it didn't cost him a fucking thing because he told him with a smile. He looked you in the eye and told you about about commies in South America and the Panama Canal and welfare cheats and young bucks and told all these whoppers about uppity Negroes. The and Panama Canal, yeah. The Panama yeah. Canal and Red Dawn and all that shit. And all of it was bullshit. 
and it, and this goes back to the Ford administration, which was the neo, when the neoconservatives finally got inside the White House and started inventing fake enemies in the middle. They invented a Soviet Union that never existed with weapons they didn't have just to scare the fuck out of the American people so that we could spend more money on defense than we had in history and make themselves rich and make their friends rich and give us an enemy to hate. Once that happened, once people like young Dick Cheney and young Don Rumsfeld <clears throat> were let inside the political infrastructure, they they couldn't give a shit about the actual foreign policy of this country. They loved the political power that having a terrifying external enemy gave them when it came to making their defense contractors rich. They could write their own welfare checks. Yep, absolutely. And beating up yeah. Democrats. Yeah. Because why aren't you concerned about these secret invisible sub the Soviet Union obviously has? Well, don't you love America? How I, do we know they have them? Because they're not talking about them. That's yeah. how we know they have them. Yeah. And it's yeah. just, it, it, it is, it reminded me of a little bit of reading this book, reminded me a little bit of, of just after the Civil War. Yeah. <clears throat> when nobody wanted to talk about the Civil War. When Matthew Brady went broke, I think. Yes. Because yeah. nobody wanted to see photographs of the war dead the anymore. War anymore. Yep. And yep. when you realize how long this has been going on, yeah. how, how Reagan was such a fucking liar constantly lie to the American people about really important shit. George, you know, and, and George H.W. Bush, who was Ford's CIA director, who lied to the American people constantly, and his son, who lied to the American people constantly, and Mitt Romney, who is actually the natural... He's a professional uh, liar, yeah. He's, yeah. he's well, these, these... Even the people in his own party know he's lying. You know, it's not, even, it's, it's not even... It's not even a... a a, a ruse anymore, really. No. Well, he's, I mean, Nixon was a, a, a horrible person who lied as a matter of strategy. Yeah. And George Bush lied because why the fuck not? That's yeah. how I get what I want. And But it became easier and easier. And this is with Roger Ailes and Fox News and Rush Limbaugh greasing the skids down, 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 down to the point where Mitt Romney is, is not really a person. He's an empty vessel full of yeah. lies. Yeah, yeah. Who will say, who will tell you to your, almost to your face, of course I will say anything to win the election. If I said that yesterday and, it, and, and now it doesn't do me any good, I will disavow it. Because Mitt Romney knows that all of those lies from Nixon to Reagan to Bush to Bush to Cheney, um, all were enabled by the fact that the political base of the Republican Party has been conditioned to simply disbelieve anything that disagrees with their bigotry and their and their fantasy and their prejudice and their paranoia. So they will simply not listen anymore to any information that, that comes from any source other than Rush Limbaugh's ass. I think it's really important, are- too, that we talk about television in yeah. relation to citizenship because we are bifurcated by cable TV into you- – Housewives versus news junkies versus sports fans versus whatever. Mm -hmm. You can get your programming. And it used to be back in the day when we were kids, Mm -hmm. if the president gave a press conference, I remember in high school, current events, you went over current events in class. Absolutely. And the current, when the current event, well, I remember one time the current event was Jimmy Carter was going to give a press conference that afternoon. Mm-hmm. And so I raised my hand and said, President Carter's giving a press conference this afternoon. That's my current event for today. And my friend behind me, my high school friend behind me, literally said, 
Oh, dang it, that means Gilligan won't be on. <laughs> Sorry. I mean, that dates us, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. But that but, was his response was, oh, man, 4.30, Gilligan's on. He can't be on then, you know. And we can preempt President Obama anytime you want. Switch yep. to Bravo. Switch yep. to the sports channel. Switch to whatever. You can turn off the war. Mm-hmm. It does. Absolutely. You talk about it not being on the front page of your paper anymore. Mm-hmm. You can turn off the war. You don't have to watch it. There's yeah. a there's 57 other channels with nothing on that you can watch that don't have the war on. And you can turn on your paranoia. Yeah. If you yeah, want yeah. to be scared of bla- of the blah people, uh-huh. there's if a channel wanna... for you. Yes. There's several oh, channels for you. The, uh, you you can you can find a very a very well coiffed man named Sean Hannity yeah. who will look you in the eye with the, his great yeah, um, Superman square hair, jaw, and yeah. Superman hair, and yeah. and glinty eyes, and honest face. Who will sit and lie to you every day of yeah. your life? And there's ab- and they pay him a lot of money to do that with an American flag waving behind him. Yeah. Absolutely, and, yeah. And the difference is is now that once Nixon was caught lying, Republicans were weeping over it and Republicans walked away from him, and cried him and said, to get "My out. president." Yes. I, I never would have believed, but I heard on a tape that my president was doing blah blah blah, and yeah. now I, and I just couldn't bear it. Yep. Uh, even Reagan, when Reagan finally got busted out for Iran Contra, for let let us not forget for illegally staging yep. a war in South America that the and Congress giving of the United weapons States, to Iran. Well, that's just that's just that was that was the selling weapons. Part. Yes, the, the Contra part was. The, the Congress of the United States passed a law specifically aimed at Ronald Reagan. Yep. You may not, under any circumstances, use any American money or any American intelligence agency or anything else to support the Contras. Yeah. It wasn't, you can't go to war. It was a real specific amendment yeah. that focused on limiting him in one specific way. And he said, being, fuck you. I'm going to go Reagan, do this. Yeah. Yeah. Well, he, he just won a landslide. He just won 49 states. He had just been told that he's the greatest human being who ever lived by a bunch of people who mm. obviously couldn't and tell Ollie him. And Ollie North said, I'll do it. And, and yeah. they said, well, and he eased his way into, well, let's, and his, but his predicate was, fuck these people. Yeah. And yeah. then there's these sales of weapons to terrorists. He, this is a president. <laughs> yeah. if, if you're a little bit younger, you might not remember this. Who sold weapons to Iran? To Iran, which I thought to, was one of the axis of evil. To Ayatollah Khomeini. Yeah. And who who, who held American citizens hostage? Yes, this was an arms for hostage deal, and oh. the never showed up. And they they and they suddenly noticed after one of the many 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 weapons deliveries they made to to the terrorist regime in Iran. This is the we will never. We will never negotiate with terrorist presidency. One of the many weapons deliveries they made to the to the Ayatollah regime, to the Khomeini regime, um, they had money left over. Yeah. And I said, well, what do we do with this? Hey, I have an idea. Yeah. Since this isn't technically taxpayer money. They're, and they're doing and this We can't trace Israel. it. We can't put it down in any budget anywhere. Well, they're, they're, they, yeah. ship, they ship the weapons to Israel. Israel sold them or, or traded them to gave them and then we replaced Israel's weapons. Yeah. But it was, was absolute and both of those activities, funding the Contras and sending weapons to terrorist states, were both absolutely illegal and impeachable acts of treason. Yeah. Ronald Reagan committed treason repeatedly, directly, specifically, 
subconsciously. <laughs> yeah, that's that called against the Congress. Yes, his entire administration, from George Bush to John Poindexter, right down the line, committed treason. His attorney. They had general, plausible deniability. Well, well, and and part of the problem was when he finally got on the stand, his Alzheimer's was so bad he couldn't remember who John Poindexter was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He was he was he was at his brain had been eaten by Alzheimer's, yeah, and, that's and that's sad. And that's, that's sad. sad. But yes. Reagan, let's remember, Ronald Reagan committed treason to get around the Congress of the United States because he thought, "Fuck it, I should be able to do that." Yep. And I have no idea how we got on this topic. <clears throat> no, that's all right. Because we're having a conversation. Well, but I, I don't remember but I, how. But I, I want to – because we're talking about citizenship. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to talk to you about how that relates to the Tea Party and Barack Obama. Because mm-hmm. then oh, we're going to start That's That was it. You're exactly right. Yeah. It was Nixon was impeached for this. Yeah. Reagan was rehabilitated. Yeah. Reagan never went to jail. Reagan, they, they took out a couple of his lieutenants. They took out a couple of his people who George Herbert Walker Bush then pardoned. Mm-hmm. But Reagan just said, I didn't know anything about it. I, it my best intentions. Yeah. And because the Congress of the United States was not persistent, because they didn't prosecute him, because they didn't pull the trigger mm-hmm. on treason and let him get away with it, they left him free to be rehabilitated as the perfect Republican saint. Yep. Never did anything wrong. Who loved America so very much, and he's the model we should all follow. Well, and no and matter what, the Republican Party is consistently in love with their own past. We're seeing that today, mm-hmm. as the playbooks come out for this campaign, and they're they're digging out Jeremiah Wright. Yep. Uh, Obama's not an American. This is mm-hmm. this is not some blogger saying this. This is a congressman, Mike Kaufman from Colorado, mm-hmm. saying. I don't know. I can't tell you what country he was born in. I don't know. I just don't know. Which, mm-hmm. you know, there you go. There's your birtherism right there. And mm-hmm. he said, but in his heart, he's not an American. Well, that's yeah. right out of Sarah Palin. Sure. You know, palling around with terrorism, and we know real Americans, for, and this gets back to citizenship. Mm-hmm. Who's the real American? Now, what I found fascinating about this week is while the Republican Party and the Republican super PACs are digging up Jeremiah Wright and a, this Tea Party guy saying Obama's not an American. Biden, mm-hmm. Joe Biden, mm-hmm. is making mm-hmm. a real case to a audience of working class union people mm-hmm. that Mitt Romney doesn't get you. Yes. And it's not, he's not using nasty language about citizenship. Mm-hmm. But he is talking about being an American and what being an American means to him as far as his parents and yep. their expectations for economic growth and economic transition to higher levels of economic mobility mm-hmm. for his for their kids. His parents expected that their kids would be able to have economic mobility. Mm-hmm. And Biden's making a wonderful case for what America is, and I think that's the winning message for this campaign is here's who America is, and these well, guys aren't. They're there, citizens of the world. There's a there's a lovely um, – I, I think you're absolutely right. This election, like every other election, is going to be dueling narratives, yeah, dueling yeah. mythologies. What What is America really? <laughs> and it's all and, bullshit. I'm willing to admit both sides are bullshitting. Well, Biden's – Bullshit about the nobility of labor and working class yeah. I, uh, is true. 
Well, and economic mobility and how that's died. That's it's absolutely true. true. That, yeah. What yeah. he's saying is absolutely true. And I want to I want to bring back to underscore this very specific point. We're having a, a debate between the real history of America, albeit a little bit, you know, gussied up for public consumption, mm-hmm. which is what Democrats are talking about. Democrats are talking about working class, middle class, saving the middle class, manufacturing jobs, all the stuff that. I, I actually genuinely believe in and can talk for hours and hours and hours about in excruciating levels of detail and which someone should hire me to do, by the way, <laughs> <clears throat> immediately because you're, the president is running away with, with my message and I need to catch up with him and explain to him why he should hire me as his point man. Um, I could be the next Van Jones. Blue gal. Oh, really there could. you go. There you go. Um, and you wouldn't even have however, to shave your head. No, I wouldn't. <laughs> I wouldn't. Um, however, uh, this concept of Republicans are in love with their own past. They're in love with their own fake past. Yeah, yeah. They're in love with a fantasy. And one of the most poignant moments in this book, Drift, by Rachel Maddow, um, is when Ronald Reagan is testifying uh, at the trial, I think, of John Poindexter. And <coughs> he is – he and he can't remember anything. can't remember the guy's name. So, and he was really, you know, kind of sad. It was, it was really a sad moment. He said, I know this guy. I remember talking to him a lot. I remember um, – Seeing him, I just don't remember his name. And he didn't remember world leaders, stuff he'd signed, directives he'd put through, et cetera, et cetera. But what, here's what he did remember. In the middle of that, he quoted Lenin. When the subject came to communists and communist rights, he goes, well, as Lenin said, and he gives this long quote about how we're going we're gonna to charge through, well, we're going to mobilize the horde of Europe and we're going to charge through South America and that last bastion of capitalism. We won't even have to conquer it. It'll just fall into our hands like overripe fruit. And it was eloquent and it was Reagan doing his best lines. And suddenly there's a glimmer of this, the old, you know, actor back for just a moment. And how, and, and the Communist Party has been following this doctrine ever since Lenin laid it down, blah, 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 blah. Here's the problem. Lenin never said any such thing. Wow. And, as far as Rachel Maddow could tell, Reagan picked that up from a John Birch Society pamphlet. Yep. And or the um, the Committee for the Present Danger, which was the precursor sure, sure. of the neoconservative Team B freaks. That's where he got all his foreign policy shit from, and it's all lies. So what Reagan remembered in that in this haze of Alzheimer's, the one gleaming thing he could remember was completely false. But he remembers it emotionally as being true. And that's what Republicans – that's why they – that's why we can't live in the same country anymore. Yeah. Because the country they remember, this white picket fence paradise, never existed. Mm-hmm. If you were black, if you were a woman, if you were a minority, if you were a Jew, if you were on the outsider, if you were a liberal, that country didn't exist for you. That country had to be purchased at a terrible price in blood and treasure – it had to be pried away from the hands of the white male patriarchy. And every time we pry a new right out of the hands of the white male patriarchy, they freak the shit out. Yep. We pried out civil rights. We pried out slavery. We pried out interracial marriage. We pried out rights for women and now gays yep. and immigrants. And those are the last two things that differentiate poor white trash from everybody else. And mm-hmm. here we are taking it away from them. And so what they remember about the glories of Reagan is almost entirely fictional. But they will not ever 
ever um, remediate that because they simply don't believe anyone who tells them anything different than what they already know. And that's a wonderful transition to issue two. We're going to talk about two topics today. One was the citizenship thing, and the other is to talk about whether we, and I mean all of us, uh-huh. can afford to be closeted anymore. Yeah. Um, I am not an authority to speak about being gay and being closeted because I'm not gay, but it fascinated me this week to, uh, I finally caught up um, with, well, I finally caught up with Gawker, my Gawker reading, <laughs> but also in the mail, I got my free copy of Good Housekeeping magazine, uh, you know, which has all kinds of diet and recipe and redecorating and get rid of your clutter articles. It's it's pure woman's magazine pulp. Mm-hmm. And on the cover is Robin Roberts. Robin Roberts from Good Morning America was the African-American lesbian Christian woman who interviewed Barack Obama at the time last week when he said, I am for gay marriage. Mm-hmm. And Gawker pointed out, and Gawker tends to, I mean, they're a very gossipy website. That's their purpose. Mm-hmm. And they are um, gleeful about outing people, I think. Uh, yeah. And I mean that, I don't mean in that in the TV show sense. <laughs> I mean, that's a nice pun, but um, they don't seem to mind doing that. But uh, given that Gawker and Politico and Drudge and so forth, all this is all over the Internet now, I'm not outing Robin Roberts. <laughs> She's been outed as a lesbian throughout the Internet. Um. Obviously, this good housekeeping article was written many moons before Robin Roberts interviewed Barack Obama last week, because mm-hmm. this is a monthly magazine, uh, and I'm sure their lead time is at least two months, probably three. Uh, but this article was fascinating in that, you know, all this concern about outing Robin Roberts this week, and here is good housekeeping firmly pushing her back in the closet. Mm-hmm. There was no mention whatsoever of her having a personal relationship um, there was no mention of uh, anything to do with her sexuality, mm-hmm. and there. But it, there was a lot of personal information about her. She's a cancer survivor, and she shaved her head in public to illustrate her courage in facing cancer. And she ran, she did a red carpet fashion show, bald, mm-hmm. to show I'm a cancer survivor. I'm getting treatment for breast cancer. And I'm out here, baby. You know, here I am. And this article goes on and on and on about her courage. And I found it's, uh, you know, it's almost laughable that here's this article just praising her for how courageous she is, which obviously she is. Uh, and I can understand uh, why she quite rightly would want to say, and I don't want to put words in her mouth, but... She wouldn't want her gender or her race or her sexuality to have any impact on this story of Barack Obama doing right. what he did. Right. Know, she that, needs that's to be not a, the issue. She needs to be, a, at that moment, a blank screen. Yep. Just a reporter. This is about you know? Barack Obama changing right. history by doing what he did. It's not Exactly. About, but the context in which he did that was he asked, and I think it's very important, he asked his African-American lesbian Christian because mm-hmm. she's very out as a Christian. And, in fact, this Good Housekeeping article is, my faith keeps me whole, something to that effect. My faith yeah. is my rock. My faith is everything to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
and and she is personal friends with the Obamas. Sure. Okay. So you know she's one of them in so many ways, mm-hmm. and she's a lesbian, and 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 you know mm-hmm. she is the person that Barack Obama chose to to be intimate with about this decision that he made to come out in favor of gay marriage. Right. So I find that fascinating that we're still kind of and I don't know whether this is just good housekeeping's approach to things. They never <laughs> mention lesbianism. You know, that uh-huh. wouldn't surprise me if they have an editorial policy against lesbianism, you know, because we're good housekeeping, you yeah. know. It's like boys' life. You just <laughs> right. You, like just you just don't, don't go there. there. Right. You just don't go there. But to me, it was fascinating that here is the. There's this entire article. There's a real example where I could hold up a magazine and said, "There's a really big omission here." <laughs> <laughs> and and given I, the, oh, given I wanted the, to. Oh, go ahead. Well, given the currency of the subject matter, given yeah. the subject matter she had just been a part of, given given that coverage, yeah. You know, if she had been a former. Uh, this is a terrible analogy, I admit, but, but if she had been a former pro football player, mm-hmm. a pro basketball player, mm-hmm. and she had been interviewing Barack Obama about football, you'd think at some point maybe the actual the, the fact that oh yeah, I'm a I'm a I'm a WNBA power forward mm-hmm. would have come up in yeah. some yeah. context. Yeah. Uh, but but it's not neutral. It's gay is still not neutral, and that was the original question that that you wanted to talk about, which was, is it possible or desirable to be closeted anymore? As either as anything, as a gay yeah. person, or as a liberal, or as a Democrat, yeah. or as somebody who believes in science, right. or as anything, are we to the point where the Tea Party crazy and the pull to the right has gotten so bad that we're now just at war, and you have to enlist? Yeah. I thought about that in terms of, again, Robin Roberts. What mm-hmm. if she had interviewed Martin Luther King while passing as white? Yeah. yeah. Now, that's again, that's a terrible analogy, too, because mm-hmm. I'm well, sure she would never do that. It's, it's imperfect. But suppose some reporter <laughs> yeah. who had been um, – who was the child of an interracial couple mm-hmm. or, or just high yellow, there you go. white skin. There you go. There you um, go. And, and neglected to mention that in, in – 35 states in this country, I'm considered black and can't vote in the South. Yeah. Um, yeah. Would you can't have buy a house that? in many, many neighborhoods right around Washington, D.C.? Because, yeah. yeah, because I'm one fourth black. My grandfather was black. You know, mm-hmm. that's enough Well, and for people to discriminate it, against me. Yeah. And I think you, you have to parse this between media and, and media as profession mm-hmm. and media as public conversation. Mm hmm. Because as I understand it, Miss uh, Roberts had a very strong community of colleagues who were perfectly accepting of her. Well, that's how it came out on Gawker was all her coworkers have met her girlfriend and nobody cares. And she's at a level as the hostess of Good Morning America Mm -hmm. where shit. She's never going to get fired for her sexuality. That's she's she's arrived. Mm hmm. And and is in a world where I don't know if you know this strip class, but there are gay people working in television. <laughs> well, don't, I, I first of all, I, I can't believe it. <laughs> I just can't. And secondly, next you're going to be telling me there are gay people in Hollywood and theater, and I will just oh, I know, and and fashion design, lose it, blue fashion design, I will just seriously, lose it. yeah, yeah, yeah. There, are, <laughs> but it gets to the question of, um, but yeah, all much, her coworkers had met her girlfriend. It was not. 
It's just it, and it's it's just not even a secret. And it's well, and it's not an issue. She's not going to lose her job over it. It has nothing to do with. She may have family members she's not out to. Right. She may have church relationships where she's not out. Sure. And there could be all kinds of re- personal reasons for her not to want that Gawker article to be there. Mm-hmm. Um, it was hilarious that um, Matt Drudge linked to the Gawker article, uh-huh. and then Gawker mentioned that. Oh look, Matt Drudge, who is known how did he put it? Uh, Internet behemoth Matt Drudge, who is commonly understood to be gay, is directing <laughs> readers to this post because they—that's what they do. You know, that's what Gawker does. Yeah. And so, as soon as they put that up there as an as an update, Matt Drudge erased the link on his on his website. Well, yeah. <laughs> Yeah. Oh, and so then they Oops. had to do a second update. Internet uh-huh. behemoth Matt Drudge, who is commonly understood to be gay, is no longer directing <laughs> readers to this post. Oops. Whoops. Yeah, it's it's still it's, you know. <coughs> Excuse me. The, so, the, that's the that's fine. Bless you. Mm, thank you. I, I, I'd pat you on the back if I were if I were there. We're in the same room. Yeah. Yeah. Um, um, the internet is still a bit of the wild west, but I, I like to, to weave into this conversation the, the idea that um, of if you're not a television star, yeah, right, if right, you're not a major celebrity, if you're if you're not bulwarked by this is and this really this is a class and economic difference. It's, it's another class issue where you know it, it's a shit sandwich. And if you've got the and bread, you don't have to eat the shit. And and we've had letters from people. I mean, we talk about outing ourselves as liberals. Mm-hmm. We have had letters from people in Georgia and Alabama and Louisiana saying, look, it's great for you. You're in Illinois to say, oh, yeah, I'm for Barack Obama. And even the Republican neighbors won't give you too much shit for it. But my husband would lose all of his clients Yeah. if I had an Obama bumper sticker on my car. Yeah, absolutely. And we and get that. We, you know, and, that's the real world. Well, it, and it this is where the you know this is a much 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 longer podcast than we're going to do today. Yeah. But yeah. this is what it, what feeds into this is going to an Ivy League school, uh, making personal contacts, the the advantages, the social advantages of wealth and mobility. Mm-hmm. All of those things protect you from the vicissitudes of employers who yeah. can fire you for no fucking reason at all. Right. The reason that everyone from Tom Friedman to David Brooks to Joe Klein, whatever you think of, of their various qualities, are never – no one's ever going to hold a bake sale for them mm-hmm. because they have an enormous stock having sucked up to power for 20 or 30 years. They have an enormous – reserve of people who will help them up when they fall, if they fall. They will never be without work, not because they're competent or good or noble or their ideas are in any way um, um, valid, valid or, or, or even well-written. Yeah. Um, you know, Tom Friedman is just a god-awful writer, as I've said a million times. But they are clouted, as we say yep. in Chicago. Yep. They yep. are connected. Therefore, they, they can say whatever they want. If they choose to. Now, they, if they started telling the truth, they would immediately lose, you know, 70% of their readership at the New York Times. He doesn't want to hear that, like Paul Krugman says, finally, uh, I, I did post this week a column from Paul Krugman, bless his heart, um, 
back to back with one of mine from seven years ago. Yeah. And I'll just start reposting Paul Krugman columns now because he has, in a sense, bless his heart, I don't want to overstate He's this. He's come to drink caught, class. Caught up to where I, I was seven years ago. And a lot of people were seven years ago. Yeah, but a lot, uh, and a lot of people have caught up to where you were seven years ago. And a lot of people right, have. But, yeah. you know, <laughs> hello, I, I invented the, the motor car, you know. <laughs> um, but the point being, there is a, an enormous difference between someone who has great social contacts and great networking contacts. Um, the woman who was the secretary, the, the social secretary for the White House. Yeah, yeah. Who... Lost her job, immediately got another job yeah. in, I uh, think, ComEd or some other high high position. Rahm Emanuel and Bill Daly and Richie Daly and all the Daly kids rotate in and out of mayor's jobs, chief of staff jobs, yeah. et cetera, et cetera. Uh, I like musical chairs because they're. Well, I they're think all what in- happens too, Driftglass. I'm sorry to interrupt you, but one of the things that happens in an economic collapse, as we have learned, when mm-hmm. the economy is booming. Mm-hmm. It goes clout. People always keep their jobs. You know yes. that's just the that's just the whipped cream on the top of the pot. No matter what they no matter say what do. they do or say, they keep their jobs. Beneath that is I'm going to use this pie analogy because I like pie. Yes. Uh, you know the fruit and the filling is the competent people. Right. And the competent people, I remember this. I remember an employer of mine in the 80s saying, seriously, Fran, you would have to come to work with cocaine all over your face to get fired mm-hmm. because everybody depends on you because you you have all the answers. You know your job. You know everything that's going on around here. Mm-hmm. And people come to you, people who are less competent come to you to help you. You help them do their jobs every day. Because yep. they're incompetent, and mm-hmm. you help them do their jobs, both above you and below you. You help all these people do their jobs, mm-hmm. and so you know you you'd have to really murder somebody or be, or commit some felony and mm-hmm. to get fired from this place. Your job is safe. That's not true when the economy collapses. No, competent people have- get let go first. Yes, because they're going to call bullshit on everything that's going on. I can attest to the fact. Yeah, because um, I, I will. I, I, you know, I'm, <coughs> and I know we're resume, running out of time, but, but okay. But I will say that I was, you know, staggeringly well qualified to do a job that I lost because, yeah. and lots of people who were less competent, who were entirely dependent on me, kept their jobs because a having a smart person around when the ship is going down is a threat to the moron who's running the place. Yep, yep, and. And that has happened several times. And B, you know, you only have enough, you know, at the trough for an X number of people and clout comes first. Absolutely. So yep. the real question when it comes to anonymity or outing yourself or wearing your, your, your beliefs on your sleeve, mm-hmm. given the fact that you don't have a vast social network, given the fact that you don't have contacts who will automatically hire you no matter what you do, mm-hmm. given the fact that employers – now we'll look you up online. Yes, right. And if right. you have said anything amiss or out of place, this is the original Obama White House um, application. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Um, remember that? You had to have it a was, colonoscopy to get a job yeah. in the White House. Absolutely. You, you, yeah. You have, have you ever said anything ever on any online forum ever in any Facebook or email that might reflect badly on the White House? Yeah. Well, the answer is, oh, fuck yeah, I yeah. have. Yeah. Now. Rahm Emanuel, who routinely says fuck and is threatened to kill people, got a job with the yep. White House, a really nice one. He um, didn't have to fill out that application. No. Absolutely because not. Because of clout. Because of clout, yeah. But um, 
I will just say when it comes, I would be by definition well qualified to be an assistant secretary of labor. I would last two days in that job yeah. because yeah. all it would take is one phone call from one person to say, did you see this shit this guy was saying online for the last? Yeah, it was right. He was correct. He was accurate. But but the shit we He's would have controversial. To we can't do a TED talk with him because that yeah. would be controversial. Oh, yeah. Wrong. Yeah. So wrong. there is there is a certain economic reality to how far on how far down your sleeve do you wear your yeah. your yeah. colors when it when you don't have any institutional protection and you're yeah. just out there on your own. And, and right I want now, I want to end with one thought on that too, which is. Uh-huh. At we we ha- we may be reaching a point. I'm not sure, but we may be reaching a point where the Tea Party going so far right mm-hmm. uh, means that it's not as controversial on specific issues. Not calling yourself a liberal, not wearing a Che Guevara T-shirt to work, not you oh. know those kind, not saying Occupy out loud, mm-hmm. but saying things about the Ryan budget, saying mm-hmm. I don't think we should have. A coupon for Medicare, mm-hmm. uh, saying I think birth control should be left up to the individual family that uses it. Mm-hmm. Those kind of issues in public, you can start to make headway. Mm-hmm. Uh, just voicing your opinion, gay marriage. Just nobody's business what somebody does, as long as they're not doing it on my dining room table. I don't care. You know, sure. those kind of statements can turn the tide. And I want to end by by talking about. What will happen if, in spite of the Democratic Party's amazing ability to screw up elections, mm-hmm. that what if the Tea Party gets their ass kicked this November? What if what if it just turns out because it, it is turning out that the Ryan budget is becoming a real issue in these congressional races, and mm-hmm. and Democrats who want to win are bringing this up over and over again because Republicans voted for it. All of them voted for it. Right. You, you can just hold that up. See, yeah, look, he voted yes. His the candidate Romney says it's splendid mm-hmm. that you you know your mom should have a coupon with which she can go out and buy health insurance. And not have it be a guaranteed benefit that she, everything she needs will be covered. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's that has legs. That that Ryan budget didn't just go away after they voted on it. It's mm-hmm. still uh, it's still hot in people's minds. Well, now if that happens, yeah, I bet you that Karl Rove, Frank Luntz, Ed Rollins, Roger Ailes, they've got the pivot already written. Oh, of course they do. Because they they abandoned Bush. Bush never existed. No. Fox News can just say, "Well, Tea Party, we never supported that." No. Well, you know, Mitt have- Romney is already calling, as I as I wrote down in our podcast notes, the decider is now the predecessor. Mm-hmm. You know, Mitt Romney doesn't use the word Bush in any of his speeches. He says, "My predecessor." Mm-hmm. He doesn't exist. He's become does it- not exist. Well, it's become pure Soviet, looping right yeah. back around to drift. Um, it's become, you know, a Soviet style. We just airbrushed him out of the picture. He doesn't yep, exist. Doesn't and exist. La la la. Everyone will go along with that because, yep. and that's why I think it. You know, the Tea Party. The tea, here's the thing. Let let us remember an important fact about the Tea Party. There is no Tea Party. Yes, it is the they Republican base. But that's the point. And the Republican base got their ass kicked in 2006, and got their ass kicked in 2008. 
And in both cases, in 2006, they blamed George Bush, and then yep. they forgot he existed. Yep. In 2008, they screamed about about Acorn and yes. Kenyon, Kenyan usurper, and yep. birth certificate, and death panels, and they invented. They pulled out of thin air a whole slew. This is, if you, I'm sure you remember this. Go back to um, John Stewart and doing his. You know, Obama had been in the White House ten weeks, mm-hmm. and he went through this entire litany of American Enterprise Institute, yeah. the Ayn Rand Institute, Andrew Breitbart, and Potato Day, yep. just shrieking about how America is coming to an end. Mm-hmm. The communist takeover of America is now afoot. These people have never backed down. They've lost many times. They've gotten their ass kicked many times, and it doesn't stop them. Because they've got money, and they've got a long game, and they've got power, and they're willing, believe me, no matter how much his eyes dazzle you, his beautiful blue eyes dazzle you, they are totally willing to airbrush Paul Ryan out of the picture. They are totally willing to airbrush uh, Scott Walker. He never existed. La, 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 la. You know, that was just an overreach. They've already done that. Fox News is already doing that. That was just an overreach. They've airbrushed the real Reagan out of the picture and put in fake Reagan. Yep. A completely animated, false... And so they will remember the Lenin quote as Lenin. Yeah. They have a political yeah. Alzheimer's that never goes away. Yeah. They remember yeah. little nuggets of paranoid welfare cheat bullshit, and that's all they remember. They are not – and I know you get upset when I say this. They're not functionally human anymore. I do get upset They are a, a weird automated <laughs> subspecies of, of political creature, and they, they are absolutely reprogrammable. They are reprogrammable. But it's going to be really interesting because Medicare is such a personal thing for people to see whether that's it's possible to erase that. Medicare is not government. See, I know. And 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 how keep, did Barack government Obama, keep your hands off my Medicare? Yeah. How did yeah. Barack Obama lose in 2010? How did the he Democrats lost because of Medicare? He cut Democrats Medicare. He cut Medicare by five hundred million dollars. Yeah. And 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 that's how yeah. we. We we do ourselves a disservice on the left yep. when we forget how incredibly stupid these people are. How incredibly well, and how incredibly smart these masters are yeah. at twisting it and making it a brand new thing. And and the answer, by the way, just just in a very specific way, the answer on that five hundred million dollar Medicare cut. Let's billion. not forget five hundred billion, billion five hundred billion Medicare cut. That was something the hospitals agreed to. They agreed to it because at the other end, with all of the emergency room care that they were paying out of pocket and never getting back, they were finally going to get back under Obamacare. And so they were willing to take a haircut at the other end on Medicare in order to have everybody who walked into their emergency room had coverage. It was a grand That was a trade-off. It was a bargain, and it was done very early in the process, and everybody forgets it. I think it was like April of 2009 that the hospitals came on board in favor of health care reform because Obama said, you will no longer have to take a haircut on these emergency rooms. They will no longer be the primary care you will no longer be the primary care provider for every uninsured person in every city in America. Well, and, and they were more than willing. That was more than paid for itself by taking course. the haircut on Medicare uh, look, hospital you forget, reimbursement. You forget, you forget that never happened. Yeah, well, I know, but we, that but it did happened. happen, and we need to. If this you is, get into that argument with people, remind uh, them of that. Um, well, we have I, to stop drift class. I know. I we know. have this to is, stop. I don't want I to. I don't want to stop drift class. I'm not satisfied. 
I know. This is, where, this is where Ezra Klein and I part company because he keeps throwing charts and graphs and facts at people and yeah. expects them to change their mind. And Ezra, it will never work. Yeah, it has never worked. Oliver North, traitor war criminal Oliver North, and traitor criminal G. Gordon Liddy are now stars of the conservative movement yeah. because they just wish their past away. And oh, they, don't forget Newt Gingrich. We're still waiting. Well, we're, the, July 4th, we're expecting him to be on Meet the Press by July 4th. Newt Gingrich, who famously said Reagan has blown it and we will never respect him again the same way we did after Iran-Contra, is now Ronald, Ronald Reagan. Was a yeah, I'm the Ronald Reagan I love Republican Ronald Reagan. in this race. Right. right. And that's because Newt Gingrich knows that his followers are meat sticks. Who they, will do they're etch-a-sketch, as you have said many saying. times. They are etch-a-sketch, and all you have to do is shake them up with a little fear, and they don't remember anything. Yep. Anything from yesterday. So You can listen to our podcast for free. Yeah. It's free. At our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com, and at our Facebook page. And I am Francis Langham on Facebook. Feel free to friend me. I'll friend you back. We have over 700 likes on Facebook, and we love you guys on Facebook. We're on iTunes and through our fabulous app available at the iTunes Store. We're on Stitcher Radio and on Netroots Radio at netrootsradio.blogspot.com, Saturday nights from 6 to 7 Pacific, 9 to 10 Eastern. You can contribute to our podcast. We got a donation this week in our P.O. box from New Jersey, and the person who sent it to us um, asked that we not write him back. And uh, so I just want to say thank you, New Jersey, for your donation. (laughs) We also got a letter a few weeks back from uh, Johnny, and I wanted to read this letter. Driftglass and Blue Gal, I really enjoy your podcast. I wish there were more of them, even though Obama hasn't done as much as I want. Please do a rant on what a more progressive president could have got passed with this Congress. <laughs> yeah, good point. Yeah. Thanks for all you do. Keep the faith. Give peace a chance. And, and he gave a donation, and he says, P.S., why not one hour a day podcast? Be a job creator. All right, Johnny. <laughs> <laughs> we appreciate yeah. your letter and your contribution. There's a PayPal button at our website. Or if you hate PayPal, you can mail us a letter and a contribution at our P.O. Box, which is P.O. Box 9133, Springfield, Illinois, 62791. That address is on our website, professionalleft.blogspot.com. And that P.O. Box Blue Gal is big enough to hold cat litter, um, garlic, and scotch. Cookies, garlic, scotch, cookies, catnip, uh, yarn. We've gotten all kinds of really interesting donations from people. It's a magic uh, box. Those, those it's like little, Felix the Cat's those little bag. tea bags that you dip that aren't they're they're from Germany and you don't put them in tea. You put they've got orange peel and spice in them and you put them in your red wine and it makes your red wine like a mulled wine and it's so good. Uh, one of our listeners in Germany sent us a lifetime supply of those little wine bags. <laughs> they're so good. Oh, I love it. Uh, every week, we post to our website and our Facebook page an Internet Kitty sent to us by you, our listeners. If you would like to send us a picture of your Internet Kitty, send it to our email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com, and put on the subject line, Internet Kitty. This week's Internet Kitty is amazing, Rasputin. And Rasputin has this look in his eye. I think it's a him. Rasputin has a look in the eyes that says, I will kill you. I can kill you with my one look. I can kill you my mind i can kill you with my mind but right now i'm lying on this comforter on my owner's belly i I can't move no it's a fantastic picture go over to our (laughs) website or our facebook page and take a look at the amazing rasputin 
you can write to us at any time at our website uh, email address, proleftpodcast at gmail.com. That goes to both of us. We love getting your emails and letters. Do feel free to write us. We love hearing from you. Be aware that if you write us at either our P.O. box or our email address, we reserve the right to read your email on the air unless you say otherwise. So, Drift Class, how are the Internet Kitties doing this week? Well, Blue Gal, the Internet Kitties have turned down the generous offer to run as the Americans elect presidential candidate. Let's think about living. Let's think about loving. Let's think about the hooping and the hopping and the bopping and the loving, loving, loving. Let's forget about the whining and the crying, the shooting and the dying, and the fellow with a switchblade knife. Let's think about living. Let's think about life. This podcast is recorded under a Creative Commons license. Copyright 2012. Drift Class Blue Gal Podcast.